right now on Truth Today. Christian persecution will exalt Christ. We're going to be looking into the persecution globally of Christians, murder uh, Muslims murdering Christians in Nigeria, the United States government creating a place where Christians and pro-lifers can be attacked and violence can be perpetrated against us with no repercussions. We're going to be discussing also homeschoolers targeted and Biden, Obama, 2024, really? That and much more right now on Truth Today. Well, good morning or good afternoon, depending on your time zone. Uh, this is Truth Today with Sharam Hadi, and I'm so glad you can join us uh, for our show today. And I know that um, uh, we have some of our local people here in Tennessee who are uh, at the uh, uh, stand conference at Patriot Church. Uh, so I hope that um, this will be played later on Rumble. But I uh, want to thank you for all of you who are joining us live today, this morning, this afternoon, as I mentioned. Uh, Truth Today is part of Truth and Love Ministry. And we want to encourage you, if you're not on our website, please check out our website, tilministry.com, tilministry.com. Also, uh, if you're on our website, please check out our Rumble page, rumble.com slash rumble dot com slash Sharam Hadian. As you see on the screen there, when you go to Rumble, please do three things. Please uh, subscribe to our page. Please like uh, the videos if you like them. And also please share the links with those you know as we are working to build up our viewership. One more thing I want to mention to you again. Um, I've, I've, we've had some positive feedback about our podcast. We are remembered uh, taking all of our shows and putting them to MP3 format. So check out all of these sites uh, I, uh, I Heart, Podbean, Amazon, Samsung, um, I can't remember all the other ones. Anyway, and then ch- uh, search Truth Today, as you see on the screen there with Sharam Hadian. Truth Today with Sharam Hadian. And check out our podcast with that. All right, we're going to get into our show. And uh, as always, we will start in the Word, but I want to give you our title today one more time. Our title today is that... We are seeing an increase of Christian persecution, but that Christian persecution will exalt Christ. This is one of the amazing things that uh, is the dichotomy of persecution, uh, where we think that, that, that the enemy uses persecution to try to kill Christianity, stifle Christianity. But the Bible tells us that, that persecution will only advance Christianity and will only advance Christ and that in our suffering we find joy and we persevere and it's refining and we're going to be looking at all that uh, this morning so if you have your bibles as we always start in the word of god I want to encourage you please turn to your bibles in first peter chapter one we're going to look at actually first peter three verses in the book of first peter uh, as peter speaks a lot about persecution we know from church history that peter of course was martyred uh, for his love of Christ and for his following of Christ. Uh, here is Peter, who is the one who denied Christ three times, correct? And then he had to be restored by Jesus three times as well. Peter, you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. Peter, you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Peter, you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Then feed my sheep. We need to be feeding the sheep and preparing the sheep for what is coming. And that's what 
we are doing here in this ministry and on this program. We are truth tellers. We're going to speak the truth in love. We're going to focus on equipping the body of Christ for these out for these for this hour that we are in the last days. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, Peter is going to speak to a place of trials. And he says in verse 6, uh, and, and this is really speaking of the fact that persecution, folks, is something that we know is going to happen. Again, John 15, Jesus says, if the world hates you, know that they hated me first. So if you're getting persecuted, you're doing something correct, Right? Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness in the Sermon on the Mount. And we know that also, as I covered last week on our show, persecution is going to increase in the last days. Jesus predicted it in Matthew chapter 24, in Revelation 6, in other parts of Revelation. We know that there is an attack on the enemy. Also, we know that Islam is going to be a massive part of that persecution, as we see with the uh, beheadings that is mentioned in the book of Revelation that, that, that I believe Islam will play a critical role in the Antichrist spirit in persecuting true Christ followers, those who are born again, blood-bought. But what does persecution do for us and what does persecution do for the church and or more importantly for the name of Christ? Because when I say church, I'm not talking about institutional, I'm not talking about denominational, I'm talking about spirit, the, the, the body of Christ, the members of that body who are blood-bought. So in verse 6, the Apostle Paul says, again, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Uh, in the Greek there, trials, testing, suffering, persecution, could mean all of that. I was saying at the conference yesterday where I spoke that the, uh, in the Psalms when David asks that prayer of the Lord, Lord, search me, examine me, test me, that we need to allow the Lord to test us so that we are prepared for the coming suffering and the coming persecution. Folks, this is what's going to happen in the last days. There is a guarantee that you will be persecuted. There's a guarantee that you will have greater suffering and greater trials in this world. It's a guarantee. It's a must, in fact, because it refines our faith. So we, we must not flee from it. We must, uh, um, I don't get excited about it, but we must not flee from it. We must rejoice in it. And I was talking about yesterday that we must also, as we are uh, praying for being consecrated, set apart as holy, we must pray that God will examine our hearts, test our hearts. What are you afraid of? What are we afraid of? It's like with COVID, right? Where COVID, the, 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 uh, the pandemic revealed that many Christians are afraid of dying. Why? Why as Christians are we afraid of dying? Now, I get it. We get scared if we're sick and we get scared. Uh, when I had my heart attack in 2019, that was scary. We get scared, but we should ultimately not fear death because death is gain. Death is Christ if we are in Christ. There's the key. So, again, uh, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That the, look, watch this. That the genuineness of your faith, the genuineness of your faith, is your faith real? Is your faith in Christ real? Is my faith in Christ real? 
Is my faith in Christ everything to me? Not just something, not just one thing, but is it everything? How do I know that? Well, guess what? When you're tested, when you go through trials, when you go through suffering, when you go through persecution, that's when we know, that's when we know that our faith is genuine. Being much more precious than gold. Gold right now is over $2,000 an ounce for, for an ounce. Being more precious than gold, all the gold in the world that perishes. You can't take it with you. Though it is tested by fire, may be found your faith. May be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you, love. So, though you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with, uh, you re rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. It's all about ultimately the salvation of our soul, the salvation of being with God for eternity. Everything is preparing us for eternity. It's not just for this life. It is for eternity. So I want to move on now. First Peter chapter 3, again speaking of the suffering. Verse 13. First Peter now 3, verse 13. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good. But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. Let me say that one more time. Do not be afraid of their threats or be troubled. We should not be afraid of the threats of the government. We should not be afraid of the threats of the LGBTQ plus mafia. We should not be th uh, afraid of the threats of our family and friends who think that we are somehow a conspiracy theorists and, and, and right-wing extremists because we stand for Christ. We should not be afraid of the threats of the enemy because we serve a mighty God who is greater than anything in this world. Verse 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, when we go through suffering, when we go through trials, when we persevere, yesterday, and this is very minor, I'm not trying to you know, pat myself on the back, but yesterday, all weekend, I was fighting a nasal infection, a tooth infection, a, a nasal infection that affected my teeth. Tremendous pain, if you ever had those, uh, it was pushing up on my nerve here on my face, tremendous pain all weekend. And I was supposed to be speaking at the conference yesterday, Sunday night. Uh, I was supposed to be at the conference also Sunday night, couldn't make it uh, because I was just in bed. Just this pain was just making me exhausted. And, but I knew I'd made a commitment to go to the conference yesterday. I knew I'd made a commitment to speak and I must follow that commitment. And even though in pain, the Lord showed up, there was an anointing during the entire time I was speaking. I didn't feel pain at all. Isn't that amazing? During the entire time I was speaking, I didn't feel pain because I was in the moment with the Holy Spirit. The anointing of God was there by His grace. And it was, um, you know, uh, Lord willing, the Lord used the message however He, he chooses. But it was, I was faithful to the Word. I was faithful to give it. I was faithful to be there. When we persevere through any kind of trial, through any kind of testing, I pray that is a testimony 
and a witness to others who will then be encouraged in their faith as we persevere and, and are ready to give a defense. Why is it that you have faith? Why is it that you're going through this and yet you have not denied God? So let's move on now to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, when the Bible talks about perilous times, perilous men, perilous days in the last days, then it talks about here um, in verse, well, verse 10, uh, Paul talks about carefully following my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions in verse 11, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me in Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. So Paul's saying, look at what I endured. If you, if you, if you go to the book of Acts and read, read the long list of persecutions that he endured, and yet he was on his deathbed, should have died, shipwrecked, and all of, out of them, all the Lord delivered me. And verse 12, here we go, the guarantee. Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ, Jesus will, will, not shall, will suffer persecution. Will. And then I want to leave you with this last one going back to 1 Peter. Beloved, this is in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory is revealed, you may also be glad with ex exceeding joy. For if you are reproached for the name of Christ, Listen, please. Blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Wow. Powerful. Let me read that one more time. For if you are reproached, reproached means that your reputation is ruined. They are ruining your reputation. They are calling you names. They are accusing you of lies. You are lied about. You are rebuffed and rebuked, but ultimately it's about reputation. The reproach means your reputation, because the question is, do I long for the reputation with God or do I long for the reputation with the world? I long for the reputation with God. How about you? So we need to together understand we will be reproached, and if we're reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the Spirit of God's glory is upon you, and His Spirit, the Spirit of God, rests upon you. Meaning the Holy Spirit is with you. Holy Spirit's with you. And folks, that's what we must prepare for. Let me go to this image again. For Christ will be glorified and exalted by persecution. The persecution of Christians that is happening around the world, that is happening right now, will exalt Christ, will, will advance the kingdom. Uh, we have a DVD called War on Christians. I don't have an image for it, but if you want to go to our website under our DVD, our order tab, you can check it out. War on Christians. And it is highlighting the persecution of Christians right now globally. We did this in 2019. It's just gotten worse. We are numerically in the worst persecution of Christians in church history all around the world. And the number one perpetrator of persecution against Christians 
is not the government. It's Islam. It's Muslims. It's the Islamic ideology. It's the Antichrist spirit that I came out of. And all these Christians wanted to defend Islam and talk about how wonderful Islam is and how peaceful Islam is and how coexisting Islam is. You know nothing. You know nothing. You're speaking out of arrogance or out of deception. With all due respect, you know nothing. It's an antichrist spirit. And it's born of the pit of hell. Satanic. In order to do what? To bring hardship and misery to the world and to persecute Christians. That's what Islam was born. Satan launched Islam to persecute the people of the book, Christians and Jews, and to, and to be a vehicle and a tool for suffering in the world. That's what Islam brings to its people. It Islam brings suffering to those who follow it, and Islam brings suffering against its enemies. And that's where I want to start, again, the war on Christians. Now, again, we're going to be talking about governmental persecution. That's real, and that's going to increase as this beast system, this one-world government, one-world religion, uh, uh, sorry, one-world economy and one-world religion that we highlight in our two new presentations. The great pushback, again, real quick, just, just get that copy, get it on our website. We're about to be sold out again, tillministry.com slash pushback if you haven't gotten the copy. And then our brand new presentation, One World Religion Rising that is coming out at the end of June or early July, One World Religion. By the way, it is now available to order on our website. Hold that up for a second, please, Drya. If you wanna to go to our website, under our order page, if you just go to our order page on our website, you can now pre-order your copy of One World Religion. We have it set up. Go do that now if you want to get a copy so we know how many to order in our first batch that will come out. And uh, uh, it is powerful. But in these presentations, we highlight the spiritual and the, and the governmental persecution. But get our copy, get a copy of that War on Christians. And that's where I want to start today. I want to go to the uh, let's go to the Nigeria, uh, Drya, the Jihad Watch article, Nigeria. Uh, can you bring this up, please? Look at this, folks. This, and this is nothing new. Nigeria right now is probably number one on the list of where Christians are being massacred more than any other place in the world. Uh, and so Muslims murder 43 Christians, including pastor and his wife, in jihad attack on Christian villages. This is, of course, the Fulani jihadis, the Fulani Muslims despite the fact that the pastor and his wife had nothing to do with the uh, a, a killing. They, they, they were, this is a revenge of a death um, of a Fulani. Uh, and this is, in, this is consistent with the commands of the Quran, of, of Islam, here in Surah chapter 545. And we prescribe for them in it life for life and eye for eye and nose for nose and ear to ear and tooth for tooth and retaliation for injuries, meaning that because a Muslim was killed, now they can go, even though that pastor and his wife and, and the congregation had nothing to do with the killing, we can go and we can kill a Christian in retaliation. And so uh, this is in uh, Abuja, Nigeria. Fulani husband killed a church pastor, his wife, and 41 other people in an attack last month on two predominantly Christian villages in uh, Nasarawa State. The Reverend Daniel Denbecki of the Evangelical Church winning all 
in Takalafia village uh, and his wife were killed with villagers who were sleeping in their homes on May 11th. This is nothing new. I, I've said this to you many times. If you go to a website called thereligionofpeace.com, thereligionofpeace.com, this is not promoting Islam as, as peaceful. It, uh, it highlights over and over and over again jihadi attacks just this month from May 2nd to June 20th. Uh, there were 30 attacks, 191 killed. The jihad report for May, here's their jihad report for May, 148 attacks at the hands of Muslims, 728 killed at the hands of Muslims, 222 uh, injured at the hands of Muslims, over 22 countries. And this goes through um, um, covering all of the attacks as much as, I mean, I mean the, right, the right side of this uh, uh, is it, it, just filled with... Um, with um, article after article. And remember, when they get the upper hand, and I've covered this before, when they get the upper house of Islam, do we have that image still, the two houses of Islam, Drya? Um, yeah, right there. Uh, remember folks, Islam operates in two houses. Dar al-Harb means, on the left, means the house of war. That's the lower house. When they're in a non-Muslim country, they're waging war. When they get control and they go to Dar al-Islam, that's the upper house then they are in control and now they must live and abide by Sharia, which means LGBTQ feminists, bye-bye, bye-bye all the LGBTQ plus, plus, plus trans feminists, left leftists who are supporting Islam and giving them power like in Minnesota, bye-bye like in Minneapolis when they get the upper house. And that's what's happening here as an article, Islamic group vows to kill Israeli LGBT. Why would they kill the homosexuals? Oh, because that's what Islam prescribes in Sharia. Anyway, I got to move on, but please check these things out. And um, I want to give you a positive. So, so by the way, uh, please pray. Um, I, I do want to um, uh, highlight um, one other aspect of this. Uh, there is an organization called Open Doors. I don't always agree with their... Um, some of their, hmm, they're a little bit on the social justice side, they're a little bit on the woke side, they're a little bit on the ecumenical side with these Muslims, but they do uh, follow what's called a watch list, a worldwide watch list, where they highlight the top 50 nations that are uh, persecuting and killing Christians. And more than right now, I'm looking at their website. More than 360 million Christians suffer high levels of persecution and discrimination for their faith. One in seven Christians are persecuted worldwide. One in seven. Wow. One in five Christians are persecuted in Africa, and two in five Christians are persecuted in Asia. And so um, I'm looking at this list here right now, and I'm trying to see... Um, number one country is North Korea. North Korea has been number one for many, many years just because of the a brutal, brutal uh, persecution there of that atheist regime. But um, China, 16, the Middle East is top 10 other than North Korea. Number two, Somalia. Um, let me get to... Um, where is Nigeria? Libya, number five. 
Iran number eight, Afghanistan number nine, Pakistan number seven. India is moving up number 11 because of their growing Muslim population. Um, let's see, we have, um, where is, Nigeria has moved up to number six now on the list, as I mentioned. Iran actually moved up to number eight. Uh, they were nine or 10. Uh, Sudan is number 10. And Yemen is number three now. All of these nations, folks, the majority of these nations are Islamic nations. Uh, in, in Central Asia, Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan is on the list. Tajikistan is on the list. As I mentioned, Afghanistan, Pakistan, all the stand countries are on the list. Kazakhstan, um, these are predominantly, Turkey, number 41. These are predominantly Muslim countries. Algeria, Tunisia, Egypt. So why do we see this threat? Because of Islam and because of government. In China, it's governmental mostly. In North Korea, of course, it's governmental. It's not Islam, but I encourage you to follow that as well. Now, I want to give you some good news before I go to our governmental persecution, specifically what's happening here in the U.S. As I've mentioned many times, you know, I come from Iran, right? I'm, I'm Persian. I'm Iranian. Iran is not Islam. Iran, Persia existed long before Islam was ever on the planet. Long before um, Satan inspired Islam. Numerically speaking, Iran, as I mentioned, is number eight as far as most persecuted uh, nations towards Christians. However, at the same time, it has been the fastest growing church in the world. Underground, before the revolution of 1979, folks, they estimated that there was less than 2,000 born-again Christians, not Armenian, who were born into Christianity, but born again, like me. You were Muslim, you convert to Christianity, you come out of Islam, under great persecution, threat of death, so forth and so on. Being ostracized from your family, all which I've endured, right? Being ostracized from your family, losing your family, being disowned, and then having death threats against your life. Now, I haven't been arrested for my faith, okay? Maybe that will happen. Um, uh, but, 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 you know, we've had death threats. Okay, so here's the thing, though. At the same time, they estimate now there's two to five million Christians, million Christians in Iran, born again, underground church. At the same time, and I've uh, mentioned this, and it's actually in our, present, in our DVD, War on Christians. Again, if you're ever, ever able to get a copy of that, powerful. In that presentation, what I highlighted is Iran has the lowest mosque attendance in the world. Are you hearing me? Because Iran is not Arab, we're Persians, and we were not under Islam. Islam conquered Persia. And then, of course, the 1979 coup, which was an Islamic communist coup. It was Islamic and communist behind the scenes. Marxist, socialist, communist. There's that red and green axis again that we've talked about, right? The red, uh, communism, socialism, Marxism, globalism, atheism. The green, Islam, working together. I saw it in my birth country. When that happened, it created persecution. The small group of Christians that were there, it began to grow and grow and grow. And over the last 45 years, it has grown into the 
fastest revival happening globally, numerically speaking. It has the lowest mosque attendance, less than 8%. Less than 8% of the population attend mosque. Only 40% of the population in Iran identify as Muslim. This is huge. So I want to bring this update of that. Let's go to the um, Jihad Watch article about Iran senior Muslim clerics. Um, no, there we go. No, did you? There we go. Yes. Go ahead and bring this up. Senior, listen, this is shocking. This is exciting and shocking. Senior Muslim cleric says around 50,000 of the nation's 75,000 mosques are closed. People are not attending. Wow. That absolutely fits. That absolutely fits with what I said in our presentation, what has been happening, the pattern. The people of Iran are rejecting Islam. America and the West needs to learn a lesson from this. You don't know what Islam is because you haven't lived under Islam. You haven't talked to people who've lived under Islam, who've lived, lived under Sharia, who understand how brutal, how oppressive. Wake up Minnesota, wake up Michigan, wake up Texas, wake up Murfreesboro, Tennessee, wake up Memphis. Uh, I just got an email this morning. There was an interfaith event in, there's going to be an interfaith event in Memphis, Tennessee. Nothing new. That area, there's a, there's a, there's a growing Muslim population or, or it's either Muslim in, in being that they're Arab Muslims or these are blacks that are getting converted uh, to Islam and there's a growing community there and they're having these interfaith events which are nothing but lies and deception. And there's a task force that we have created uh, and we're creating an interfaith panel to go and warn people about the dangers of interfaith. I have been asked to be on that panel. There's a brochure that we'll come out with that we've been working on and we're trying to create a pushback against this deception. But America needs to learn a lesson from Iran and the Iranian Christians and what's going on in Iran. 8% mosque attendance. Here is the article. According to Iran International, June 2nd, a senior Iranian cleric says around 50,000 of Iran's 75,000 mosques are closed, showing the declining numbers of Iranians attending. Expressing regret, oh, I bet they have regret, over the low numbers engaged in worship, Mohammed Abdul Ghassam Dulabi, who serves as the liaison between Ibrahim Raisi, that's the president of Iran, and the seminaries of Iran said Thursday that the numbers are a worrying admission for a state built around the principles of Islam, meaning a state that is governing by Sharia, emphasizing the weakening of religious, re religious, religiosity among society and in turn a weakening legis legitimacy of a government ruling by religious uh, diktat. He said when people look at the output of the religion, they decide to enter the religion or leave the religion with reasons including the humiliation of people in the name of religion, falsification of religious concepts and teachings, and depriving people of a decent life and creating poverty in the name of religion. Well, maybe if the Iranian government stopped hiring outside mobs and militias to come in and kill the Iranian people because the military and the police don't want to do it anymore, maybe if they stopped murdering their own citizens in the name of Islam, maybe if they, if they stopped hanging people in the streets, 
and brutalizing women and brutalizing Christians. But that's not going to happen under Islam, folks, because Islam is an antichrist spirit. And it is part of, as I said, what the enemy is going to use in the last days. By the way, we have another DVD that is called Islam and God's Judgment in the Last Days. And in that DVD, I make the case that I believe Islam will be a part of God's judgment in the last days upon the world. That God is judging the world and this beast system, one world government, one world economy, one world religion of Revelation 13. And if you, again, get a copy of our One World Religion Rising coming out late June, early July, it's already ready for pre-order, you will see that it is absolutely, Islam is absolutely at the center of this one world religion. It is going to lead to the massive in continued persecution of Christians. And, um, but this is amazing news. Amazing news out of Iran v validating. It validates the revival. Now, not all Iranians that are rejecting Islam, of course, are coming to Christ, but it validates the revival. It validates that the Iranian people are sick and tired of Islam and being governed by Islam. Let me, let's go to our, a couple of our other uh, headlines, Drya. Now, I want to shift the focus to what is happening governmentally in the United States. Let's go to the Harbinger's Daily. Violence against Christians is being normalized. Um, uh, we're getting there, uh, right? No, next one. Is there one more there? There we go. So violence against Christians is being normalized. Bring this up, please. Two elderly men brutally assaulted, praying outside Planned Parenthood. Can you guys see this picture here of this pro-life supporter? He had to have surgery. Do you see his face there? He had to have surgery, his nose broken. Um, to repair fractured facial bones and have metal plates inserted. This latest violent attack took pl place outside of Planned Parenthood as the activists beat and sent them to the hospital last week. Two elderly pro-life pro men in Baltimore found out that by standing in front of this so-called business that murders babies, it can bring you an attack. Police confirmed that this defender of abortion brutally assaulted Dick Schaefer and Mark Crosby. Did you hear the, Did you hear anything about it in the media? The lying media? The victims were called anti-abortion rights demonstrators. They were peacefully praying on a public sidewalk, not to be confused with the Marxist social justice allies of Black Lives Matter, Global Network Foundation that caused dozens of deaths in 2020 and millions of dollars in damage across the country, or Antifa, who were mostly peaceful protesters. Video footage of the Baltimore assault and witnesses have confirmed that the unhinged Democrat, 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 leftist, tackled Schaefer to the ground and kicked the 73-year-old Crosby in the face with extreme force. The abortion activists are probably threatened. If you know what is good for you, you'll stay away from here. According to reports, Schaefer has been recovering at home, and it goes on. This is evidence of the rotten fruit of the Obama-Biden-Democrat death culture and evidence of a corrupt Department of Justice, a corrupt uh, FBI. How is this not a religiously motivated, we, we, we heard that ad nauseum from the FBI 
if, if, it, if, if it's anything against Islam, anything against Muslims, or anything against the LGBTQ++ mafia, but no, because they attack Christians, just like they didn't label the attack on the Covenant Christian School in Nashville as a Christian hate crime, they're not going to label these, but yet they're going to arrest pro-lifers and throw the book at them. They're going to have SWAT teams, FBI SWAT teams, raid the home of a pro-lifer who homeschooled their kids. I'm getting to homeschooling in a minute. Um, author and journalist Alex Newman asserted that violence against Christians is being normalized and promoted by the media and the government. Christians should pray for those who think violence will silence the truth about God, abortion, or any other issue. The truth will stand, lies will fall, be patient. I agree, the truth will stand, lies will fall. Then we have uh, a new Homeland Security. Let's go to that article, Jaya. Homeland Security lists faith groups, no, right there, as likely targets of violence ahead of 2024 election. Well, yeah, but what faith groups? I don't agree with the assertion of this article that it's necessarily Christians. As the 2024 election approaches, Homeland Security has issued a National Terrorism Advisory System, and it's called an NTAS bulletin, to warn, this is directly from Mayorkas, you know the Mayorkas that can't secure our border? The same Homeland Security that claims our border is so secure, yet we have an invasion happening. And, and I'm gonna highlight, by the way, we have a, a special broadcast coming up on Thursday night. You do not wanna miss it with my friend Leah Holman. I'll be highlighting that after the break before we leave today. Um, okay, so it includes the term faith-based institutions. It says recent tragic events highlight the continued heightened threat environment our nation faces um, and, th and these threats, listen, are driven by, you got to read through this language, folks. This is not language that's supporting Christianity. Are driven by violent extremists, you know, those Christian nationalists, those right-wing Christian nationalists like us. Violent extremists who seek to further their ideological beliefs and personal grievances. We are working with partners across every level of government, within the private sector and in local communities to keep America safe. So who are these people, the bulletin states? Well, first they're talking about protecting U.S. critical infrastructure. We know, and I covered this last week, that they're going to have some sort of false flag on the power grid and blame right-wing extremists, Christian nationalists, patriots, they're going to blame us. So now the memo says we've got to protect U.S. critical infrastructure. Faith-based institutions, doesn't say Christian. Individuals, ah, or events associated with the LGBTQIA plus community. There you go. Wait a second. How come Department of Homeland Security, the DOJ, and the FBI won't label a, a religiously motivated hate crime when a member of the LGBTQIA plus trans community goes and murders six people, including three nine-year-olds in Nashville, Tennessee. They won't label that. 
No memo for that. We still don't have the manifesto because the FBI is still blocking it. But it's okay. We got to protect, especially during Pride Month. Then it says schools, racial and ethnic minorities and government facilities and personnel are likely targets of potential violence. So just because it says faith-based institutions, don't jump the gun, it doesn't mean protecting Christians. They're not going to protect Christians. Do you understand? They're not going to, they're normal, as, as Alex Newman said, and I agree, they're normalizing violence against Christians. They're allowing it. They've been doing this for years, and they're going to continue. Therefore, we have to prepare ourselves for suffering, for persecution, for hardship, but also we got to prepare ourselves for attacks by hardening targets. That means hardening our home. That means hardening our Christian schools. That means hardening our churches. Hello, pastors, teachers, parents, you got to do it. The FBI sucks. They're, cr they're criminals. They won't do it. Most law enforcement agencies won't do it. The Department of Justice won't do it. Homeland Security that can't even secure our nation won't do it. You and I, and it's going to be part of our special report coming up on Thursday with our friend Leah Homan, we have to harden our own targets. We got to harden our own places, places of worship, places of training, places of living. You got to get ready to defend life, to defend your family, to defend our community. You got to get ready. I have to get ready because government won't do it. <clears throat> the Homeland Security Department says it anticipates heightened threats from individuals, quote, motivated to violence by 2024 general elections. But, but, who are those individuals? And this is when, as we reported before, this bulletin was issued on May 24th, exactly one year after the overturn of Roe v. Wade. Yet, according to Life News, there have been nearly 300 abortion-related attacks in America since 2022. This includes several firebombings of pro-life centers, Antifa shutting down a pro-lifer speech at a Virginia Commonwealth University with violent threats, and vandalism of numerous pro-life billboards and pregnancy centers. The Family Research Council also reported there's been an uptick of attacks on U.S. churches with 69 incidents occurring from January to March of this year alone. If this rate continues, 2023 will be the highest number of incidents of the six years the FRC has tracked this upticking trend. So again, I'm preparing you folks. Good news though, good news. Let's bring that image up, Jariah. Christian persecution will exalt Christ. The enemy will not win. If we're ready, if we're prepared, if we're spiritually, physically ready, Christian persecution will do nothing but exalt Christ. The enemy is a liar. The enemy is a loser. The enemy is defeated. But we got to prepare ourselves for that persecution, for that suffering, for those trials, for the testing. Um, let's go to our final about the homeschooling. And I want to warn all you homeschoolers, 
We just graduated our oldest, Drya graduated as a homeschooler with summa, uh, what were you, cum, cum laude, uh, 3.75 GPA, pretty good um, GPA, we're proud of him. We graduated him as a homeschooler. We homeschool all of our children. We have six kids. We've been homeschooling for years. We love it. It is such a blessing. We also support private Christian schools. Patriot Church has uh, Covenant Christian Academy. We support and stand behind any church that will launch a biblically-based worldview Christian school. I have said, and I'll say it again, we need to exit our children from the public schools. They're nothing but indoctrination camps. However, however, we have also been warning that for years, there's going to be, as has been in Europe, remember, as Europe goes, America will go. As has been in Europe, uh, homeschoolers, and particularly Christian homeschoolers, will be targeted. There is a massive hit piece article that just came out in the Washington Post. I, now, I'm not subscribed to the Washington Post, so I can't pull up that particular headline, but we have another one. Uh, can you bring up that, it, um, that other image, the democraticunderground.com, right there. No, no, you just passed it. Go back right there. Here is the name of the article. The name of the article is The Revolt of the Christian Homeschoolers. And the article is nothing but absolute propaganda about how homeschoolers are brainwashing their kids and, um, and, and, and fear-mongering because we claim that public schools are tools of a demonic social order. Well, that's true. That they're nothing but indoctrination camps. That's true. Devoted to the propagation of lies and the subversion of Christian families. That's all true. Yet the article is making it seem like if you hold to that view, you are a radical. You are dangerous. You're poisoning the minds of your kid. Wait a second. The government is the one who is poisoning the minds of our kids. The government is the one who's pushing all this LGBTQ perversion, the, 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 the trans spirit, the confused gender dysphoria, and going and mutilating our children. But no, they want to turn it and they want to attack. So let's go to this article, Drya. As... Um, the battle for the, you have that one, as the battle for the minds of children rages, the media sets its sights, go ahead, sets its sights on who? Homeschoolers. Um, and so this is, again, very much um, concerning. The article is making it seem like homeschooling is a dying breed. Oh, these homeschoolers, they're dying and they're just barely hanging on. No, no, no. Listen, according to Education Week, American families homeschooling, at least one child grew from 5.4% in the spring of 2020 to over 11% by the fall of 2021. Thank you, COVID. What the enemy intends for evil, God will use for good. According to U.S. Census Bureau analysis, the number of black families cho cho choosing to homeschool increased fivefold during that time from 3.3% to almost 16%. If we have 11 to 16% of the population homeschooling, mm, that's not a dying fringe, Washington Post. That's a growing trend. That's God moving and more families taking ownership of their children and more families doing what God called them to do, which is to be responsible for the training up of their children. This is good news, but yet the government coming after them, uh-oh, that's not good news. We've got to be prepared for that. And um, this is very important 
to understand, uh, by the way, governmentally, uh, 1972 Supreme Court uh, ruling, Wisconsin versus Yoder, it said that Amish parents have a right to keep their children out of public schools for religious reasons. We have the same right. The Supreme Court has upheld this right. You're gonna see more of these leftist states. You're gonna see more of the federal government trying to find a way. They're right now, they're using the media to try to blacklist and label us as extremists, violent extremists. Uh, remember again, the FBI raid on the home of the pro-life dad who was a homeschooler. This is connected because obviously if we're homeschooling, you should have seen this young girl that spoke, Hannah Faulkner, uh, 15 years old, spoke at the conference yesterday. She's a homeschooling uh, girl, homeschooling Christian family, amazing fire of God, standing against evil of abortion and homosexuality and the LG. I mean, she mentioned all that in her 15-minute speech. Unbelievable passion and fire at 15 years old. This is what homeschooling does. It produces these type of kids. If we see the effects of homeschooling on our children, it has been nothing but positive. They're socially wonderful. They're uh, standing strong in their faith by, by the grace of God. It's not just because of us. It's because of the Spirit of God working in them and the prayers that we, but we've trained our kids, kids to be apologetic, to be able to defend their faith, to be able to, to stand their ground against this ideology that is in, permeating the, the public schools and the universities, which are nothing but Marxist cesspools. So please, please prayerfully consider homeschooling or Christian schools if your kids are, are in public school or if you have grandkids or whatever. Pray for those parents. Pray their hearts would change. Don't believe the lies of these articles in the media that is there. So, folks, this is important to understand. This is what we're in. This is the day we're in, right? We're in a day of increased persecution, governmentally, ideologically. But if we stand our ground, we know we must suffer. But suffering, trials, produces what? Refines our faith, more precious than gold. We will endure because Christ endured. We'll give him all the honor and glory. And if you're, if you're persecuted, if you're reviled, if you're, uh, um, uh, um, your reputation is ruined, guess what? That means if, you do, if you're doing it for the sake of Christ, for this truth, the blessing of God is on you, the glory of God is on you, the spirit of God is on you. And that's ultimately what we want, don't we? Isn't that what we desire for? The blessing of God, the spirit of God, the presence of God, the glory of God to be in our lives so we give Him all the glory and all, all the honor. Amen? I want to encourage you before we go, and I'm going to give a plug for our show on Thursday night, but first, please again, um, visit our website, visit Rumble. Uh, don't bring those up right now because just for, uh, for the sake of time. Uh, visit our website, visit Rumble. Uh, please uh, subscribe to our Rumble page and um, like and share. Uh, but I want to ask you right now, oh, by the way, our, our, tra traveling again, if you know anybody in Wisconsin, in uh, Montana, in Idaho, uh, Friday, I'm going to be, Friday night in Wisconsin at a youth conference in Milwaukee. We will tonight put that up on our website. I just realized that was not on our website. I apologize about that. We'll put that up on our website. Then Sunday, June 11th, I'm going to be at Priest River Community Church, both in the morning and in the evening for presentations. Priest River Community Church, check out our website. Then Tuesday in uh, Kalispell, Montana, The Great Pushback. Check out our website. Thursday, Great Falls, Montana. Uh, this is the 15th of June, by the way, uh, in uh, Great Falls, Montana, The Great Pushback. Friday, June 16th in Helena, The One World Religion Rising. And Sunday, June 18th, back in Idaho at Candlelight Christian Fellowship in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Four services I'll be speaking on Father's Day about the battle for godly masculinity 
and we need dads on the front line. So please check that out. Come visit us if you're in those areas. Finally, please prayerfully consider supporting this ministry. We are absolutely 100% supported by you. So would you prayerfully consider right now a one-time donation to tilministry.com slash donate, secure donation online, or if you'd like to mail in a check, please make it out to Truth and Love Ministry or just Truth and Love and send it to P.O. Box 4523, Maryville, Tennessee 37802. And if you want to go further with us, would you prayerfully consider being a part of our Gideon Army? This is your commitment to pray for us on a regular basis. And if you're able to donate on a monthly basis, any amount, $5 and up, we are so blessed by every single one of our Gideon Army supporters. All right, quick plug for Thursday night, folks. I want you to please put it on your calendar and please join us. We are going to have our friend Leo Homan, and we're going to be discussing this unbelievable story. Migrant crisis creating a powder keg ready to explode in American cities. There's an unbelievable whistleblower video that I'm going to have Leo talk about from what's happening around the nation, particularly in New York. So join us. Hopefully we'll have Leo live. If we can't have Leo live, we're going to uh, record it earlier in the day and then play it at 8 o'clock. Either way, we'll be live at 8 o'clock Eastern time. But this is a must watch. You've got to understand what is happening. What is happening in, in America right now with this invasion? And they're destroying these cities. They're creating the tension for a powder cake leading up to 2024 and beyond. And oh, by the way, speaking of 2024 and beyond, have you seen this? Have you seen this article? Biden? Where is that? Biden and Obama? Let's bring the article up first if you have it. This is a scary thought. Could we see a Biden-Obama ticket in 2024? The president of the D.C. bar thinks it's possible, even though it should be a violation of the 22nd Amendment. We'll be having more about this as we, if we find out more. But could you imagine a Biden and Obama ticket where Biden runs again and Obama is his vice president? Well, guess what? Obama is already running the country. We've already said this. This is, that's why I call it the O'Biden administration. I've called it O'Biden from the very beginning of this corrupt, fraudulent administration. And um, it's just incredible. The, the, the guy falling, can't, doesn't know which way to go. Please, folks, he's not running our country. So Obama is going for his fourth term now. This should be absolutely unconstitutional. But, but if they do it, if they do it out of desperation because they can't cheat their way, then guess what? It's going to have to go to the courts, and I don't trust the courts. So is it possible? We'll see. Could Obama be coming in for his fourth term? We'll see. But um, because, again, this fool, Biden, is not running this country, folks. So... Um, We'll see what happens there, but beyond that, we're going to stand our ground. And this month, remember, what is this month? It's prayer month. Let this month be prayer month, okay? Be praying for your family in the next few days. I want to pray over your home, pray over your family, pray over your children, pray over your health, pray over your job, intercede. 
and then pray for the glory of God to be revealed throughout this nation. We need an awakening and we need to resist this LGBTQ plus 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 pride. Pride goes before a fall. Please go back and watch our show from Tuesday. Pride goes before the fall. We will not be prideful against God by celebrating, by affirming, by agreeing with in any way, shape, or form this delusion and deception of the enemy. This is a lies and it is not what God has. We need to return back to the fact that the Bible is the only answer, folks. The Bible is the only answer to our problems. We got to return back to the Word of God, return back to faith, and, and pray for God's uh, spirit to awaken as many as possible. Folks, thank you for being with us t today uh, on our show. This is Pastor Sharam Haiti with Truth and Love Ministry. Again, prayerfully consider a donation to our ministry. Please join us Thursday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, a special broadcast on invasion in America, what is happening with this migrant crisis. This is absolutely a powder keg. Leah Holman is our guest on Thursday night, 8 o'clock Eastern. Pastor Sharam Haiti, have a blessed rest of your week. We'll see you Thursday night, Lord willing. God bless.